God. The title of this morning's message is, We're Here to Help. We're Here to Help. And it's taken from Titus 2, 14. Let's look at that together if you have a Bible with you. Titus chapter 2, verse 14. Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness, to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good, eager to do what is good. The key word here is ideal, and it was written by the Apostle Paul. The theme is the true church of God, and this wonderful book was written around 65 A.D. It was written to Titus a Greek who trusted Jesus through the ministry of Paul. Titus traveled with Paul and Barnabas. He probably worked with Paul at Ephesus during Paul's first missionary journey. From there, Paul sent him to Corinth to help the church there. After Paul was freed from his first imprisonment in Rome, he and Titus worked together on the island of Crete. There they found many people were rebellious, liars, and lazy. See Titus 1-2. Paul left Titus at Crete to complete the work there and appoint church leaders. Wow, that's a big job. Imagine being sent somewhere in the world. and They said, you're going to teach the people, and you're going to pick out who should be the church leaders. Paul wrote this letter to tell him what he must do to carry on his ministry. Titus is the 12th book in this section, Letters by Paul and the 17th book in the New Testament. Three of Paul's letters are called pastoral epistles. They're written to Timothy and Titus to help care for God's people in the churches they supervised. Titus was probably written between 1st and 2nd Timothy. Paul considered Titus to be one of his spiritual sons. Titus was ready, willing, and able to help the churches in Crete. And we should be ready and willing to help others as well. There was a woman by the name of Annie, and she was very, very ill. They didn't think that she was going to make it, but her doctor didn't give up. He worked as hard as he could to save Annie's life. I don't know, that's the kind of doctor I'd like to have. How about you? He not only worked hard to try and save her life, he asked the government for permission to use a new experimental drug on her. At first, the government refused, but he asked again and again and again, and finally the government said, all right, you can have a little bit to try on her. And sure enough, it worked, and Annie recovered, thanks to a new miracle drug called penicillin. Annie's doctor worked hard to help her in her time of need, and we should seek to follow that doctor's good example. Our first point is what Jesus did, who gave himself for us to redeem us. Titus 2.14a. In the previous verse, Paul has said, looking forward to that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Eric Hayden, a great preacher, said, a Savior is one who delivers makes whole, protects, 
And the only way God could see for a man in slavery to sin being delivered by another, a sinless one taking man's sinful place. Because justice demanded a sinless, perfect sacrifice for sin, Jesus had to give himself. There was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. Only he could unlock the gate of heaven and let us in. In the original Greek, redeem means to replace by paying a ransom. The Greek term literally means one's own or own possession, which is why God's people are special to him. We are God's people. Therefore, we're special and we're distinctive. There was a young woman by the name of Barbara, and she turned 16. Now, in this country and nowadays, that would be a time for great celebration. Unfortunately, in the 1960s in England, it wasn't so. It meant the government had no more responsibility for her or her little baby, and now they were homeless. But Barbara didn't give up. She appealed, and she didn't appeal just to the next level up. She appealed all the way up to the queen, and Queen Elizabeth had compassion on her and the baby, and she gave them a home. In the same way, God helps us, and following his good example, we should help others. Our second point is why Jesus did it, to redeem us from all wickedness. Titus 2, 14b. To redeem, the redemption or ransom price was the sum of money paid for the release of a slave or prisoner of war. The blood of Jesus Christ shed upon Calvary's cross is the price of our redemption, paid to release us from the bondage to sin and Satan. He did not die to redeem us from some, but all wickedness. Wow. Jesus did this because of his great love for us, to purify us, to make us better people, people who follow the Ten Commandments and are loving and kind to each other people who love their neighbors as themselves and love God with all their hearts. He makes us into the kind of people we want to spend time with. You know, Pastor Ken, my friend, was that kind of guy. You could just sit down with him and be yourself. And if you had a special problem, he was the first one to try and help you, no matter what it was. When a new pastor came into the area, he would invite them to dinner, tell them all about the area, and offer any possible help that he could. And if that pastor needed a special book or computer program, Pastor Ken, without being asked, would just go out and get it for him. I remember one time, there was a young family in Pastor Ken's church, and they were expecting a baby. But they didn't have any money for baby furniture. Without being asked, Ken went out, and he bought the necessary furniture, and they were all set. I want to follow Pastor Ken's good example. Jesus helped us, and therefore we should follow his good example and help others and churches. Yes, we should help our church. Yes, we should help others, but don't forget about other churches. If we see another church with a special need, maybe we should come back to our church or on our own, and seek what we can do 
to help them. We can do this by sharing the message of God's great love and through practical service. I know there's a church in the area, they're trying to jumpstart and get going again, and our worship team and many of our musicians and singers went up several times over the years and helped them to get them going once again. I noticed that Steve has gone out many times and preached at other churches and tried to give them a jump start and help them get going again. And I really appreciate that. Thank you. Our friends Dennis and Elaine O'Neill, and that's where I preached at two weeks ago in their church in Rutherford, New Jersey, traveled to many countries of the world to share the message of God's great love. They also brought people with medical skills and brought items to help those in need. And my daughter, can, Hope, can tell you staying up all night packing little uh, packets of vitamins and other things that people would need in India and in other countries before the O'Neills headed out. They still operate an orphanage in Kenya and support an evangelist there. He died that we might be forgiven. He died to make us good that we might go at last to heaven saved by his precious blood. Our third point is what should we do? Eager to do what is good. Titus 2, 14c. The Apostle Paul uses the phrase good works six times in this short but wonderful book. You know, our grandsons Duncan and Evan love to do good deeds. And Kathy, I really appreciate that because a lot of their good deeds end up helping us. Can't complain about that at all, can we? One time, they even made me a ski trail behind my, my, behind my house into the woods. And I still enjoy going cross-country skiing there in the winter. Not only did they do that good deed for me, but they had fun doing it. Doing work, good works can be fun. But what are good works? First of all, there must be a good motive. To bring glory to God. Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. A good work is done in union with Christ. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Good works must spring out of a close communion and fellowship with Jesus Christ, as he himself was able to say, my father worketh and I work. Our Lord went about doing good because he lived in closest possible communion with his father. To his disciples he said, if any man abide in me, he shall bring forth fruit. But what are some of these good works that the church seeks to produce, that seeks to do? Now remember, no church can do all these things, but every church, even ours, can do something. Burden bearing, hospitality, visitation of the sick, fatherless, and widows, giving our clothing to the needy, giving our time, talent, and possessions to the Lord, feeding the hungry like our food pantry does, and sharing the message of God's great love. The Apostle James said, What shall a prophet, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. James 2, 14 and 17. Faith without works is dead. Our salvation does not depend on, upon good works one little bit, but we shall be judged one day for the good we have done. 
Revelation 20, 13. There was an evangelist. He was getting really excited. And he started yelling, you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. And then he continued on. And he said, you never see a U-Haul trailer hooked to the back of a hearse. You can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. Then finally he smiled and he said, but you can send it on ahead. There was a Sunday school teacher and she was trying to get her kids excited about missions. And she said, who would give $1,000 to missions? And the kids started cheering and shouting, yes, 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 we would give $1,000 to missions. Then she said, who would give $100 to missions? And the kids said, yes, 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 we would give $100 to missions. And she worked her way down to $1. And she said, who would give a dollar to missions? And again they shouted, yes, 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 we would give a dollar to missions. Except little Johnny. He had become silent. And she said, Johnny, why didn't you say anything? He said, because I have a dollar. (laughs) Paul goes further, however, if we are not only to do good works, we are to be zealous in doing them. It's one thing to approve of doing good, and another to praise others for performing them, But the real point is, are we ourselves red hot about doing them? Zealous comes from the same word as zealot. One of our Lord's disciples was Simon the Zealot. The Zealots were a Jewish party who had a great deal for the observance of Old Testament laws. Sometimes, unfortunately, they took the law into their own hands and became people of violence to get their own way. It looks as if Simon was a zealot before he became a follower of Christ. But we are to be zealous. Zealots. What? Zealous of good works after faith in Christ. We're here to help. Jesus came to help us with our sins and help us lead godly lives. We're not perfect but we're forgiven. We, in turn, should help others. I used to work for a wonderful Christian publisher called Gospel Light Publications. They publish Christian ed materials and Sunday school materials, and we use their Sunday school materials right here in our church. And their motto was, we're here to help. We're here to help. And I thought that was a great motto. And one of the things they would do, they would go into churches and help them grow their Sunday schools and their Christian ed programs, both spiritually and numerically. As I work with these wonderful people, I realize that that motto of gospel light really rang true. They really lived what they said. They really believed it. We're here to help. And you know something? Each and every one of us has been put here by the Lord to help. Titus left, uh, Paul left Titus in Crete to help the churches thrive, just like he helped the church in Corinth. And God wants us to help others in churches too. And the more we learn 
through study and experience, the better we can help. We learn from experience, and if you're at all like me, you'll learn from your mistakes. One man said, when I find myself walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I remind myself not to trust Google Maps again. (laughs) Haven't you heard the stories of people that are following their garment and they end up in a lake? You ought to watch that. There was a young woman by the name of Sandy, and she got her first job as a school counselor. She was really excited and ready to go. Well, one of her first duties was recess. That's what they knew a lot of times to the newbies. You get recess duty. And so she was out there patrolling the grounds, making sure everyone was safe. And as she did, she noticed that down at one end of the field, there's a bunch of kids happily playing soccer. But down the other end, there's one girl, sad and lonely, all by herself. So she walked over to her, and she said, are you okay? And the little girl said, yes, I'm fine. Okay. Recess continued, and the little girl just stood there. So she went back over. She said, I'll put my counseling skills to work. And she said, "Uh, can I be your friend? Girl's a little suspicious, but she said, okay. Well, Sandy thought she was getting through to the little girl, So she said, can I ask you a question? Okay. You know, all the kids are down there playing soccer, but you're standing here all by yourself. Why is that? Because, said the girl, I'm the goalie. (laughs) A Christian speaker was taking a flight to Indonesia, and before he got in the plane, he had a nice meal in the airport. Now, when I, when I was younger, the airlines had nice meals. And a lot of the airports did too. And Logan's still pretty good, uh, but some of them not so good. And some of the airlines, you're lucky if you get a bag of peanuts or pretzels. Well, anyway, he got in the plane, took off, and the flight attendant came around with meal service. And he'd already eaten, so he said, no, thank you, I'll just have a soda. Well, his seatmate was visibly visibly concerned about him. He said, are you okay? Do you feel all right? You sure you don't want a meal? He says, no, no, I'm fine. I'm not hungry. He went back to his work. Well, the flight attendant came back with a meal, and his seatmate didn't give up. He tried to give him his meal, thinking if he ate a little bit, maybe he'd like it. Maybe he'd feel better. And the speaker explained, no, I had a nice meal at the airport, but I really appreciate your concern for my welfare. It really touched my heart. In a self-centered world, we are conditioned to look out for our own interests above and beyond all else. Such kindness was unexpected. The man's simple gesture showed a different kind of heart and a different set of values. As followers of Christ, we are called to model a similar attitude toward life. In Hebrews 13.2 we read, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. What better way to represent Christ than with kindness, even to strangers? Try to bring God's love and kindness into someone's life today. Even just 
the gift of caring, will the Savior's love display. Kindness is one gift anyone can give. We're here to help others. We're here to make our world a better place. That's why God put us here. The best way we can do that is to share the message of God's great love. And the first step is to make sure that God and his love lives in our own hearts. As we just shared with the children, it's important to know Jesus in our hearts. Jesus died on the cross to give us the free gift of eternal life. All we have to do is accept that free gift and believe on him. It's as simple as that. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Please forgive our sins, come into our hearts, and make us members of your family. Dear Lord Jesus, we believe in you. Dear Lord Jesus, help us to remember that we're here to help. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.